Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. We're moving right into the third message in our series on faith, hope, and love. And actually, next week, there's going to be one more message Um, So you don't want to miss it. But let's review 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 13. It says, and now these three remain, everyone, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest? It's for many, many reasons. But we know that faith and hope will remain until our faith becomes sight. One day we're going to get to heaven. We won't have to have faith anymore because Jesus will be front and center. One day we're going to get to heaven and we won't have to hope anymore because all of our hopes will be realized. I've been praying, Lord Jesus, come soon. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Take us home. Anybody ready to go home? Hallelujah, I'm ready to go home. Lord, please. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. No, I want to go home. That's where I want to be, amen? But when we get there, love will remain. In fact, all of eternity, heaven will be a a never-ending basking in the love of God. The love of God will just keep flowing and flowing and flowing to our lives. Love remains because love is the most powerful force in the universe. Hands down, there's nothing greater, nothing stronger, nothing all of humanity needs more than love. I want to read some verses that are going to help us first to define love, and another one is going to explain how we receive love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is one of the most famous passages of Scripture in the New Testament. And we, up until this point, we haven't read the first section, but today, I want to do that. So 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 1, says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a a resounding gong or a clanging Symbol. So that addresses spiritual gifts. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Stop it right there. So look, go back. The gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith and revelation to move mountains, the, the, the act of giving everything you have. Here's what the, the Bible is saying. Here's what the Lord is saying to us. We can do all of those things and operate all of those ways, but if love is not flowing out of what we're doing, it is as nothing. Love needs to flow through everything that we do. 
Every moment of every day should, and every deed, every word, every act of our lives should be the outflow of love. Everybody say outflow. That's crucial for a verse I'll read to you uh, in, in a moment, but let's keep going. Now it says, now it defines love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Boy, does our culture need to read this a few times. This is a culture of dishonor. Okay? It's, it's cool to dishonor. People, people score style points in our culture if they're good at dishonoring someone else. They get more likes on Instagram when they, when they take a shot at someone and they dishonor them. That's the kind of world that we're living in, but not the children of God. How many would say amen? Not the children of God. Say amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. We're not like that. We don't want to be that way. It says, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Just like Jesus. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You know, if, if uh, maybe another day I'll preach a whole sermon about a person's politics. And you know I don't talk about politics, okay? But I could preach a whole sermon just from this verse. Look, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And you know, when I think about politics, one of the things I've come to the conclusion is if the Bible says a man of God avoids all extremes and God hates, he, he doesn't like a party spirit. What I have found is that when I listen to people on both sides, typically there's truth on both sides and there's error on both sides. Okay? And so I've always marveled at how someone can say, because I like this party, I choose to ignore the error. That's not for the man or woman of God. The man or woman of God, because they're full of the love of God, they can love both sides at all times because they can rejoice with the truth and, and say, hey, there's error on both sides. And you know what? If Jesus is not the center, if he's not the focus, then of course there's going to be error. We need Jesus. Somebody say amen. America needs Jesus. So be careful if you get too hung up with your party. Because love does not delight in evil. And there's ugliness on both sides. That was just a passing thought. <laughs> it always protects, always trusts, always everyone hopes, talked about that, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. The love of God is the ultimate and the best. It is the best guiding motivation for the child of God. You see, when you love and you're being motivated by true biblical New Testament love, I'm telling you right now, 
you are in your best position to do God's will in God's way. It's when we're walking in love. Love won't make you overlook. Love never rejoices in evil. See, it won't make you overlook those things, but it will keep you in the mindset, in the disposition of your heavenly Father because God is love. So that is a definition of love, an explanation of love. Now, the next one ex explains how we receive love. Romans 5.5 5 says this, and hope, putting off, building off of next week, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out. Outflow is the result of the pour in of God. It has to be poured in. Okay, it says God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so what I wanna do right now is I wanna pray. Would anyone join me online? Would you join me in praying and saying, God, would you pour out your love in me? Pour your love out in me, God. And whatever you want to change as a result of pouring out your love, okay, whatever feelings, whatever perspectives, whatever emotions, whatever philosophies, whatever convictions I have, if your love wants to change it, here's how we want to pray. We'll change it. How many would say amen? So come on, one more time. Let's lift our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, online, lift your hands wherever you are. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would pour your love out. You are love, and we want to be like you, and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, so we're ready to receive. Pour out your love today. Pour it out, oh God, so that it could flow out of us to other people. If you pour it out to us, then we'll have the grace to pour it out to others. So do it by your mighty power. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to visit every mind, every heart, every spirit, Oh God, and that Lord, we expect that our homes would be visited by your love, that our workplaces would be visited, that wherever we step, your love will be there because you're gonna pour it out upon our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen, hallelujah. So let's take a few minutes to really break down this word love. Love in the Greek is agape. It's agape love. There are different kinds of love. Agape is God's unconditional love. Agape can be described this way. It's God's immeasurable, incomparable care for each individual person. It's his ongoing, outgoing, self-sacrificing concern for his children. Powerful. Agape is a spontaneous and uncaused kind of love that is indifferent to human merit. This is a very important quote because we are so conditioned to think about love from the perspective of value. And when we think about value, we think, well, we have to merit, or value is the wrong word, I'm sorry, merit. Like we have to merit love but what this is saying is that you don't have to earn God's love. No one here, 
regardless of how your parents treated you when you were a kid. Over the years, I've met many people who have told me that when they were kids, if they did something wrong, sometimes one of their parents would like ignore them for, for a week, stop talking to them. And as if they were no longer valuable because they did something wrong. That is part of the human condition, but God doesn't feel that way about us. God chooses to put the greatest value upon us just because we are his children. So we just had a little uh, 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 grandbaby, well, little, she was nine pounds, two ounces. We had a jumbo grandbaby born last Sunday. No, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this real quick. So I found out when I got home, they went to the hospital on Sunday at 5.15. No, 5.15, 6.15? Okay, they arrived at 6. She gave birth at 7.15. At 11.15, they were home. I was like, why did you miss second service? What's up with you people? People are slacking around here. What's going on? Unbelievable. My daughter-in-law is superwoman. So, so she's born. And we are so in love with her. What did she do? She just showed up. Okay? She just showed up. And, and our love is just a drop of love compared to God's never-ending oceans of love. How does God feel? It's like a never-ending ocean. Think about your greatest love for anyone, for anything. God's love is a billion, trillion, gazillion gallons more than that. How many are thankful for the love of God today? Come on, let's put our hands together and say, thank you, Lord. When we get a hold of the love of God, it's transforming. You see, the love of God is holistic in its impact on our entire being. Listen to this. The love of God will impact your mental health. The love of God will impact your physical health. And the love of God will impact your emotional health. Holistically speaking, when you're really experiencing the outpouring of the love of God, you are transformed. Listen to this. Psychologist um, uh, M. Scott Peck said this. He said that the issues of love were at the bottom of all the problems his patients struggled with. The, the essential ingredient of successful and deep and meaningful psychotherapy is everyone love. So here's the thing, just know, no matter who hurt you, God's love can heal you. Sometimes we think we need the people who hurt us to be part of our healing. It's not like that all the time. We want that to be that way. But no matter who hurt you, just know God's love can heal you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's talk about physical health. Dr. Carl Menninger 
said, love cures people, both the ones who give it and the ones who receive it. Health experts are finding that feeling loved is far more predictive of long life and good health than even such important factors as diet, exercise, and abstinence from smoking. These are, these are not, uh, you know, Christian theologians. These are doctors saying this. Love is the most excellent way. Love is powerful. Love has a way of making your body work better. It's powerful. Love leads to emotional health. Listen to this. Philosopher Eric Fromm said, love is the most powerful striving in man. It is the most fundamental passion. It is the force which keeps the human race together, the clan, the family, and society. How many would agree that what Chicago could use, what Russia could use, what the Ukraine could use, is a great outpouring of the love of God. How many would say amen? God, pour out your love. Hallelujah. Love makes us different. Love is what mankind desperately needs. And here's what we have to understand. What we have to understand is that the way God designed the spreading of the gospel, the way God designed his, his means of of his children sharing the love of God, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, is that we get filled with his love first. You can go and take classes about evangelism, and you can become an expert in apologetics, which is, which is how to defend the gospel. But let me tell you what's even better. What's even better is to have the heart of God inside of your chest when you see people and when you meet people because something will guide you, something will direct you, something will give you every right word that that person needs. Oh, Lord, fill us with your love. When we get filled with the love of God, that's when we, come to, we become the best evangelists. And it's good to know. It's good to be smart. But there's nothing like the love of God. You know, it's funny. It's funny because when you really love, when you really, really love, you feel it. People feel it. And it doesn't matter. Um, this could cross. It, when, I was, when I played baseball when I was a kid, um, we would we would play in a particular park and we were able to go to quote like the, it was like AAU basketball. You could go to the nationals, literally to the World Series. And the way those things are organized, I just thought about this, the way those things are organized is that when you play in your park, if you lose to go to the, to the regionals and then to the nationals, a team, a team in the, in, in your group who wins, they can pick a couple of players to take with them. So because I was a pitcher and I was pretty good, they picked me all the time. So even if my team lost, I would end up playing at the, at almost at the national level, at least the regional level. And what was an interesting experience for me is that sometimes, like my team, everybody was, I mean, it was mostly uh, Hispanics, African Americans. We had, usually there was a couple white guys on the team, but it was very mixed. 
you know, because we're, we're from the city. A lot of times when we would lose, it was, it was with teams that were just one thing, you know, and, but I would go with them. So it was really interesting. I remember it was interesting me as a kid because when you're like just brand new, um, uh, you're like, you can tell immediately who's warm to you and who isn't. Who really accepts you. I remember going, I went to the World Series with a whole bunch of Italian guys. And there was one dad. I still remember his name. Okay? He owned an electrical company. There was one dad that the minute I got there, he was like, come here. And he hugged me and, come on, let me buy you breakfast. And, then, uh, and I knew, look, I tell you what, I don't know any of these people, but this guy, I feel like he loves me. Okay, no great introduction, no long history. I just feel like he loves me. How many know when people walk in the room, you should be the person that they say, I feel like that person loves me. That's who we want to be. We want to be that person. Don't be the person that says, I feel like he hates me or she hates me. Let's be the person that says, that, that everyone says, I feel like they love me. But the truth of the matter is, is that love is the result of the Spirit's outpour. True agape can only come from God. You can't manufacture it. Love is the result of a powerful transaction with God. Love is transactional. Okay? I was talking to Pastor Jake about this. He said, what do you mean by love is transactional? Okay, because transaction sounds like, you know, I give her something, she gives me something, like a transaction. Um, no, it's a transaction. It's like that, but it's different. It's a transaction where God gives us something first. In this transaction, God goes first. We can do nothing. Okay, we can't stir up love. We can't manufacture love. We can't, you could say, man, I really want to be loved. No. Agape love is something that the Holy Spirit pours out. Anybody ready to, have, to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Love is a transaction, and we need that transaction. We need it. We need that transaction. A while ago, someone told me, I'm having a problem loving that kind of person or this kind of, the person who did that. I'm having a hard time loving them. I said, get into the presence of God. Worship God. Because when we worship God, when we get into his presence, then guess what? A transaction takes place. The Holy Spirit pours out love. Go seek the Lord today. Are you angry with something, uh, with someone? Are you angry with your spouse? Are you angry with, with uh, someone who did something to you in the past? Say, God, pour out some love on me. Because love keeps no record of wrongs. Come on, let's say hallelujah. Do it by your mighty power. And that's why, that's why Jesus said in John 15, listen to this, watch. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now you abide in my love. 
You abide in my love. That means remain in my love. Remain. What'd you do this morning? Oh, I just hung out in the love of God. How do you see your devotions? When you open the Bible, what is it that you are expecting to happen? Online. What is it that you're thinking about when you open the word of God? Let me give you a beautiful thought. That is a time for you to abide in the love of God. Even on days when you're like, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. You're holy. I'm unholy. God, I, I know I messed up. Even when you have to repent. What are you, you going to get from God when you have sinned? His mercies are new every morning. Every morning his mercies are waiting. The minute you open the Bible, that is an opportunity for you to do what? To abide in his love. I, um, I started to read the Bible in Italian. It's a long story, okay. <laughs> I wanna learn Italian, I'm starting to try to read it, just crazy things I do. And um, so I was reading John chapter 15, by far, on my, um, when we were away, by far, it was one of the most important passages, John chapter 15. Abide in my love was very significant for me. And um, so I was reading John chapter 15, and in Italian, um, abide in me, it says, uh, oh man, I should have practiced that, I didn't practice. Anyway, the word abide is demorate. Demorate en mi y voy demorero something, en voy. <laughs> and um, so here's the thing. When I read demorate, immediately I heard my mother's voice like, I remember. My mom passed away this year, but I remember my mom saying to me in Spanish, the reason why I like Italian is, I, I, the, so many words are so similar to Spanish, I feel like I understand 40% of it, 50% already. Anyway, I could hear my mother saying, saying, Poquete de morate. <laughs> right? So some people who understand Spanish were laughing because my mother was saying, why were you late? Demorate in Spanish is, why were you late? And when I read, demorate en mi, okay? Y yo demorero en voy, en you. When I read that, it was almost like Jesus was saying, be late with me. Be late with me. Stop running around where you got to go. Why don't you stay with me a little longer so I could pour out my love to you? Come on, anybody ready to have Jesus pour out his love? I'm telling you right now, we try to fix things in so many different ways. That is the best fix. The outpouring of the love of God is the best fix. I love the, um, I love the Fiji commercial, the ad. I like Fiji water, but listen to this. Look at this. Fiji, Earth's finest water, bottled at the source, 
untouched by man. And that's the way the love of God, that's the love of God. It's, we got to get it at the source. It's got to be untouched by man, us just receiving. Come on, come on, Lord, pour it out upon your people, oh God. Next time you see Fiji, think about Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Bottled, I love that. Bottled at the source, untouched by man. If they could send me a, a keyboard player. See, God wants you to experience his love for yourself. When you experience his love for yourself, you are automatically changed. That's what's powerful about Christianity. No other religion, okay? I'm not putting other religions down, but I'm just telling you. No other religion meets and addresses the human condition like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus reaches into our deepest need. He pays the price for our sin. And he cleanses us with his blood. He comes into our heart. And then he pours out fresh love. Over and over and over again. Do not make excuses. Uh, is being hurt by someone painful? Absolutely. There's trauma. This is a trauma-ridden culture because of terrible things that people do. Very often to the innocent, to the, um, to the vulnerable, and to the weak. If you find yourself there, I am talking not about the justice of God. And just know, when God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, he's saying, leave justice. I am going to deal with it. Okay, everyone will answer. And what I'm talking about, I'm not saying people shouldn't be uh, uh, convicted of crimes and all that. I'm not talking about a governmental thing. I'm talking about your heart. I'm not talking about laws. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about our own spiritual state. Even when people hurt us or wrong us, God wants us to be like him. He wants us to love. And I know that's hard. To, I know a few amens because it's hard to swallow. You know, I get it. Especially when you've been hurt. Especially when we live in a world that's so polarized. But think about Jesus looking down. Jesus is saying to his children, please be different. Be different. Don't be like the world. Don't hold grudges like the world. I'd rather you be like my son. But how is it going to happen? You got to say, Lord, I need that supernatural miracle. I need you to pour out your love upon my heart. So God, do it by your mighty power. So the first thing. You can't stir it up. This is why you got to read your Bible every day. And every time you go to God, it's an opportunity for your marriage, for your parenting, to work with people, to walk out of your house. Jesus, pour out your love upon me. Then, 
The second thing we need to know is, which is the natural logical progression to this, is love is the act. Everyone say act. Love is the act of giving what's been given to us. You see, we receive it and therefore we give it. All of life is from the Lord and then what we do is for the Lord. But it, love is an act. Love is an action word. You don't just like, oh, I love, you know, they know I love them. Don't, don't do that. Act out love. So look at what Peter said. Peter said, above all, love each other, everyone. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. So anytime you're with people, just know if you're going to love, you have to overlook stuff. Because wherever there's people, there's sin. Okay? Have you noticed that the minute you walk into a room, sin is there? Right? Come on, let's be honest. Anybody have an ugly heart like I do? Anybody have ugly things inside of them, ugly motives, ugly feelings? No, not you guys are so spiritual. The minute we walk into a room, there's some form of ugliness there. But love covers a multitude of sin. Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for, oh God, for your sacrifice, sacrificial love, oh God. Love each other deeply. So here's what I would say is we need to practice. We need to practice loving people not in a shallow way, in a deep way. This is a call to action. Children of God, what is the call to action? Act out love. Look at what C.S. Lewis said. This is powerful. He said, the rule for us is perfectly simple. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking him more. If you do, a, uh, if you do him a good turn, you will find yourself disliking him less. So even when there's people that you don't agree with, See, one of the things that's happened, especially, especially over the last few years, one of the things I've observed is that Christians have justified in their heads and in their hearts that they cannot love someone they don't agree with. Just because you don't agree with people doesn't mean you shouldn't love them. Amen? Amen. 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 Pushing it out. You don't have to agree with people to, to love them. You can love anybody. We can love everybody. God loves everybody. We're the children of God. We have Almighty God inside of us, the Holy Spirit. We can love everybody. Hallelujah. We can do it. We can do it. Please don't close your heart to what I'm saying right now. 
Please don't you dare resist the work of God because if you will really act out the love of God, you're going to experience a supernatural week, a supernatural month ahead of you. Everything is so blessed and so powerful when we just act in love. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. May I give the recommendation May I give the recommendation that um, if you're really, really struggling with the family member, okay? Because when the Bible says love each other deeply, um, your greatest opportunity to love someone deeply is the people closest to you. Start with the people closest to you, right? So if you're really having a challenge why don't you start with a hug? So, you know, we got to talk about something real. See, Pastor Edgar just hugged David. <laughs> Go ahead and give him a kiss on the cheek. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's something about that moment. It's a God moment. So, you know, I want to hug you first, and then let's talk about this. Start. Who do I love deeply? The people closest to you. Your family, your friends, your spouse. Whoever's really in your circle, start there. If you love those people deeply, it becomes easier to love others deeply. But if you're shallow at the, in your love with the people close to you, then the people far from you forget about it. Love deeply. Love the people close to you. Find ways. Ask the Lord for unique ways to love those who are close to you deeply. And then the difficulties. How deep do you love? How great should our love be? We're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to love our enemies. Love your enemies. That is the high call of the child of God. Anyone ready to live up to the high call of the child of God? Can I see your hands? Hallelujah, yes, let's put our hands together and say, yes, we're ready. You know, I wanna, I wanna close with a quote um, by Dr. King. For me, I have uh, read like a bunch of Dr. King's speeches, messages, and um, I really feel like Dr. King, although he, was a, he had his own weaknesses, it's funny to me, over the years I've talked to people about Dr. King, and when I've talked about Dr. King, some people have pointed out, you know, some flaws in him. Um, I'm like, who are we kidding here? Whoever is without sin, let them cast the first stone. God doesn't use perfect people. Aren't you glad about that? But this, to me, this is why Dr. King was like a modern-day prophet, at least to me. This is what made him special and different from a lot of voices in our culture. And people have heard this, but I feel like we quote this and we don't understand the depth the profundity, the power of what he was saying. 
Listen to this. He said, and I say to you, I have also decided to stick with love. For I know that love is ultimately the only answer to humankind's problems. He knew deep in his heart. He says, and I'm going to talk about it everywhere I go. And I know it isn't popular to talk about it in some circles today. So let me pause here for a second. If you find yourself in a circle that diminishes love, get out of that circle. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Get out of the circles that belittle love. Love is the most excellent way. Stand on your own. Stand and represent your heavenly father. Let's stand for love. Let's love our enemies. This is powerful. He said, and I'm not talking about emotional bosh when I talk about love. I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. He says, for I have seen too much hate, a little more. And he says, and I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. As long as you hold hate in your heart, you're weighing yourself down. Come on, come on, Jesus, do something. Imagine how much lighter our hearts would be if we say, I'm not holding on to hate. I'm not belittling what was done to me, but I'm not holding on to hate, right? He said, I have decided to love. If you're seeking the highest good, I think you can find it through love. And the beautiful thing is that we aren't moving wrong when we do it because John was right. Everyone, God is love. One more time, God is love. And listen, he who hates does not know God, but he who loves has the key that unlocks the door to the meaning of ultimate reality. We have to choose love and act out love. But what I want to really encourage us, I want to really encourage us to begin with our inner circle. Like, how about love your wife deeply? How about love your husband deeply? How about love your children deeply? Teenagers, how about love your mom and dad? Everyone, deeply. Let's love deeply. Let's love people close to us deeply. What does it take to love deeply? We have to open up our heart. And God has to pour it in. Online, right in this room. This, I, if I made an altar call, I'd have to go and escort every person right to the altar. Because all of us need this. How many know every single one of us need a fresh baptism of the love of God? Somebody say amen.